all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The medical information presented on Southern Remedy is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and should not be used for any diagnostic or treatment information. The information conveyed does not create any kind of patient-physician relationship. Please consult your health care provider before making any decisions about your specific medical condition. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This is Dr. Allie Brown. I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Michelle Owens, and we are giving you Southern Remedy for Women, which is the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. We have a very special guest on the show today, Dr. Heather Tudor. She's been on the show several times in the past. Dr. Tudor is a dentist, and you may have remembered her being a guest in the past. She used to practice in Lexington, and she is now opened a practice in Pearl, and we're going to talk about her practice and many things around dentistry, but our focus today is going to be about preventive care in dentistry, because with everything else, it's better to attack the problems before they start rather than have to deal with them once you have them. And I want to say good morning to my co-host, Dr. Michelle Owens. Good morning. Good, good morning. morning. Your teeth look very nice this morning. Well, Always do. thank you. I flossed this morning, Dr. I, Tudor. Yeah. Just look, watching. I brushed and flossed because I realized that while this is usually a no-judgment zone, I wanted to make sure that I was not contributing to potential judgment. So, yeah. It's not funny because I did the exact same thing. I was like, ooh, I'm going to see Heather today. I better brush and floss. Exactly. Extra flossy, flossy. Yeah. So, Dr. Tudor, does that make you feel good, Dr. Tudor? (laughs) Makes me happy. (laughs) Look, I don't care what people say about flossing. I still believe that it is a thing. I still believe it is very necessary. Oh, I love to floss. 100% necessary. Oh, my gosh. And I like, like, when you are a regular flosser, which I like to consider myself... You don't really get the irritation of the gums or any bleeding when you floss, as opposed to maybe times in my life where I was not flossing regularly. I could tell, you know, there's an obvious difference in the health and quality of your gums when you do not floss regularly. It's doing something. It is. It's holding down that inflammation. Yeah. And there's like, it's, it is a real thing. It was so, I was so distressed when people were attacking the flossing. You remember this? This was just a few years ago <laughs> when all of a sudden they're like, oh, flossing, is, it doesn't really help. And I was like, said no gum ever. Like, <laughs> said no gum ever. Well, it certainly doesn't hurt. I mean, unless no. you're really doing it wrong. Right. Yeah. Flossing is important. I mean, how else do you clean the sides, like in between your teeth? And down under the gum line yes. in between the I teeth. Mean, I just... like to make the little U shape, you know. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That a dental hygienist once told me to make. Well, I just kind of feel like it's no different. Like there's a reason why everybody's vacuum cleaner has that little attachment. So oh, that you I like can, that parallel. I I'm like just that. Saying, if it if it works, if you if you're doing it at your home and you need that little that little um, extra attachment to be able to get into those crooks and crannies and small spaces, you got to do it. You got to do it in your mouth. Well, Dr. Tudor, congratulations on your new practice, Tudor Family Dentistry. Is that what it's called? So tell us a little bit about this. When did you open and what made you decide to open an office in Pearl? Well, um, I opened March 28th um, and I just, well, I had practiced for a while in Lexington, 20 years, and um, just when COVID happened, I lost half my employees, everything just like got really really difficult to keep staff to just keep patients like you'd go up there see two you know um people were sick staff got sick and it just really wore on me um that's when i jumped more into my fitness thing and started doing (laughs) other interests doing a lot of other things and um thought that that would you know make me happy you got your personal trainers i did um, certification certification. Uh i did um started working at lululemon (laughs) um uh and i just kept finding myself like finding more things to just add on and i feel like the reason i was doing that is because there was still a little void you know where i missed yes Uh um i missed my patients i still did some dentistry i saw i worked i did fill in every like all over um and i enjoyed that i worked for great offices um still i'm working with one office because i liked them so much i'm staying there um twice a month but it's just i feel the um certain populations are just not treated um in mississippi or they don't have as many choices there's an access issue right just I mean, like we talk about in healthcare of the rest of the body exactly right. it's just you know not a lot of people see um, medicaid patients a lot of people are very insurance restrictive and i mean rightfully so it's di- it's difficult to take um all the different insurances and know what pays for what and you know how you'll get paid um with medicaid same thing there's now all the coordinated access networks and so that makes it a little difficult to know and then the children get switched back and forth and one time they're on this one the next time they're on a different one so it definitely is a challenge but um you just you see the people who you feel need you you know um and i mean I love doing cosmetic dentistry. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I do Botox. I like to do all the fun stuff, too. Um, But, you know, when you treat somebody, you get them out of pain. You get a child out of pain. You get a child where they can eat again, where they, like, all of their teeth don't have holes in them when they're four. Um, That right there is, like, 100% reward. I mean, it's just, it just makes you feel good. Um, So... That's why I'm doing this. I want to start, I want to see people who need a dentist, you know, who not just certain people who need dentist. Well, that's great. Lowering the barriers to access to care. Dr. Owens and I are giving you big heart heart-filled eyes and, and 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 emojis all about that. So thank you for for doing that service. It is greatly needed because dentistry is sort of uh, unique from medicine in that way and that there are many dentists that are out there practicing solo or in very small groups where they are the business owner. Um, I think that that model in healthcare used to exist maybe in years past, but it's getting much more infrequent. So you are much 
more subject to the stresses of those types of things, of just having to run an office, you know, no money, no mission. You got to keep the doors open. And um, it, the part that maybe isn't as fun, kind of the, the business part of it, is a necessary evil. Absolutely. Yeah. There are fewer um, layers of separation between, you know, the the dental practitioner compared with, like, in some of these other areas of healthcare where you can, you know, just be employed and just go in and mm-hmm. do your thing. I mean, the most of the dentists that we've even had on our show have been individuals who like they've hung their shingle and they're providing a service to their communities but it's like it's them you walk in and you know there may be a receptionist that greets you but they are not sitting somewhere in an ivy in an ivory tower um pushing a bunch of papers around they are the they are the product (laughs) too you know they are the supervisor they are the provider and they're everything else in between so it's amazing so uh, Dr. Tudor, you mentioned seeing a child who at the age of four already has multiple cavities, et cetera. So today, what you wanted to talk about is preventive dentistry. So what is preventive dentistry? Well, preventive dentistry is obviously starting young, um, getting children used to seeing the dentist before they have pain. It's really, it's really traumatic to bring a child in for their very first visit and they're in pain already. So all they associate with the dentist is pain. And so from there on, they don't want to go to the dentist for preventive or anything until it gets to the point that they have no choice. So if you teach children young, you know, bring them up coming to the dentist before they have decay. I mean, honestly, you can bring them when they have their first tooth and then they just get used to what we do and it's not invasive it's not aggressive you know it's much easier and um you know then of course instilling habits in the children and adults as well brushing and flossing you know making sure you're taking care of your teeth at home making sure you're seeing the dentist um even dentists get cavities so i mean you know what (laughs) that is not true it's not true so even if you do take care of your teeth you do have that you know potential to get decay and or problems cracked teeth i mean you may not have an actual cavity you may have something that's cracked but if you don't check on that on a routine basis with you know a professional then a lot of times you get to that point where you have infection and pain and then once again though that agonizing tooth pain and it makes sense we've talked to adults you know who have this tremendous fear of dent of the dentist and it it spurs from bad experiences so those those bad experiences can affect you for the rest of your life so get in there while while it's still fun they put the little cute sunglasses on (laughs) i'm sure dr tudor put sunglasses on you if you're an adult too if you you want that cute experience so like yeah so shout out to all the parents who take their kids to dentist very early i will say that um that's one of the things that that i remember as a child, like one of the things that my my parents were really like low key kind of psycho about. I know my mom's probably listening, but a little <laughs> low key psycho about was like us going to the dentist. And so, like we went, I probably saw I saw the dentist more than I saw the pediatrician. Um, but that was well, a you thing. Should. Try to yeah, exactly. exactly. That's yeah. why. I mean, I I, I was doing she the math. Right. I was like, did I do that? <laughs> yeah. So we so saw the dentist more than we saw the pediatrician. Um, and, and that was always a big deal. And so, it, you know, when it was time to go to the dentist, 
So I was kind of freaked out because it was always the sound of like the little drilling thing, <laughs> which freaked me out. Because it's like even if you're just there getting your teeth clean, like somebody else somewhere has a little <laughs> thing. And I was like, that just doesn't seem like that should be happening in somebody's mouth. But OK. Um, and so I was always a little freaked out because I was like, if I don't if my teeth are not perfect, then they're going to pull out the little thing. Right. And so then the drill, then I get the drill. And so she's like, no, make sure you brush your teeth and make sure you floss so you don't have to worry about the drill. Um, so it was kind of like positive motivation kind of but um but that was one of the things that was um a big part of my childhood like as far as interacting with the healthcare system was with our local dentist and I wasn't scared to go to the dentist like it was fine because I was going to get a really cool sticker and then I was going to get a swag bag to take home with me that had like (laughs) I'd get like a, a new fancy toothbrush and these little bitty tubes of toothpaste that were really awesome and when you're a kid, like, the, the, I don't even know if they use these things anymore, but we had these indicator tabs. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And so you chew on them. Yes, and it could help you make sure that you, could, that you were brushing correctly and all those other little things. But kind of like fond memories of my childhood and going to the dentist yeah. as a kid, like well, without having. But so tooth hygiene was kind of one of those things that was just expected. Um, and that's been one of the things that we've been really um, that I think has been really important to us even with our children is kind of not having them be fearful. Like when we tell them it's time to go to the dentist, they're like, yeah, it's time to go to the dentist. Mm-hmm. And people are like, what's going on with your kids? That's weird. Like nobody's excited to go to the dentist. But it's just like you said, if, if, it's, if they have positive experiences um, in the very beginning, then absolutely. It ends up kind of being one of those things that's just kind of normalized and and okay as opposed to being something that makes you more fearful or afraid. So what are the barriers that that folks have to bringing their children in an early age uh, just if we're sticking with preventative from an early age? Why do you think people don't, is it not understanding the importance or a fear of it costing something? I guess they're probably multifactorial. Well, I mean, heck, those things are coming out. Why you gotta do something? Oh, the baby (laughs) teeth. They're going to come out. Why are we going to be spending all this money on mm-hmm. polishing them up? Okay, and so gonna... why is that, Dr. Tudor? If they're going to come out, why do we care? Well, you want your child to be able to eat. <laughs> they can still hurt the baby they teeth, will right? hurt. They will get infected, just like a permanent tooth. Um, and, you know, when you the baby teeth kind of serve as placeholders for your permanent teeth. So if you lose a baby tooth early then your permanent tooth doesn't really know where to go. And so then a lot of times it'll come in in the wrong spot, you know, um, not come in at all. You know, there's just lots of, um, I mean, you know, we have baby teeth for a reason, you know. Um, they're, they help them chew. Mm-hmm. Um, your jaw is just not big enough at that time for your permanent for your teeth. Permanent teeth yeah. Right. And it's also your free pass. That's what I always tell my kids. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you can kind of mess up on these, you know. It's candy. <laughs> they are coming out. a trial run, right? It's a trial run. So but you- once these big boys come in, you know, that's it. This is the last set you get. We're not sharks. Because really, a manipulated tooth <laughs> is never as strong. I mean, there's nothing you can do to fix a damaged tooth that's going to make it as strong as it would be if it wasn't damaged no. in the first Once you place. put a drill on a tooth, eh. You know, it's just not as good as what was what was made. I'm sorry. We just have to go back for a moment and just relish in that in that moment where she says we're not sharks. That we're was like sharks. so perfect. <laughs> so sharks got so many teeth. A shark got to eat. The <laughs> shark's got a lot of teeth, and they just study get new ones all the time. They just fall out, and new ones come Those in. Darn sharks, <laughs> living so the lucky. dream. They don't need dentists. <laughs> You want to do a thorough exam of the entire oral cavity, you know, just to make sure. I mean, oral cancer is, you know, it's a thing, um, not just in smokers or tobacco users. It can be 
in anyone. And really when you, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's like when we have our podiatrist friend on, you know, when you go to see your general practitioner, you know, for your just wellness checkups and whatnot, you know, they don't often really look in your mouth or at your feet. There are certain parts of our body. Except for Dr. Owen, she looks everywhere. I look at, I do, I get to see the I feet. mean, literally. Yep, but, I do. But, you know, it, it's really the opportunity when you go to the dentist to get a very thorough oral exam. But you know what's interesting? So we talk about how people don't always know who to talk to when something's wrong with their feet. I will tell you, I can't, there are a million people who will show up either in my office or in, like, urgent care or something like that urgent what urgent care okay because of um because of um a toothache and it's weird because well it hurts well i mean Mm -hmm. so and this is the thing people always say nothing hurts worse than a toothache so it's like toothache kidney stones labor like those are kind of the (laughs) things that are all kind of there together um labor tends to cure itself but i mean patients will and it's great. That's why I'm so glad that, that Heather's here today because, like, what you're doing and this concept of removing barriers to access for people because there are so many folks who, for whatever reason, can't get to a dentist or I don't know if it's just that it's cost prohibitive or what have you, but people will show up. And when that when they have a toothache, and for those of you who are out there listening who ever had one, when you are really like, if you have a real tooth abscess or if your if your tooth is hurting, like that is one of those things that most people will not sit still for. Like they are going to see someone, and if they can't see a dentist, then they're going to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. They're going somewhere to get try to get relief or resolution. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we have a caller on the line. David is calling us from Picayune. Hey, David. Hey, how are y'all? I'm great. great. What's your question? I'd like to know your opinion about the water pick, and I'll hang up and listen to Jeff. Ah, the water pick. Thanks, David. Okay, we've all seen the Uh, water pick. Uh, Oh, it looks like it would be like, it's like a spa for your gums. Okay, is it a spa for your gums? Yeah, Dr. Tudor? That's that's a good way to put it, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) I always call it a pressure washer. (laughs) You can tell I'm from the country. Um... Well, no, a water pick is great. It's it's really good in certain instances, um, like if you have dental work, like mm. um, bridges, implants. It's really good to clean under that. I do not feel that it takes the place of flossing. Um, a lot of people, you know, feel like if they use the water pick, then they don't have to floss. But, you know, flossing is actual something touching the side. Um you know, it's kind of like using a brush on your dishes versus just spraying them off. Mm-hmm. You know, they're yeah. a lot cleaner when you use that brush. Um, kind of the same thing with floss. So um, a water pick is great if you have implants, if you have bridges, if you have braces. Braces, yeah. Um, because you're not going to floss when you have braces. How, how do you do it? <laughs> it's just, I mean, yeah. well, it can be done, but um, oh, you have to, it, like, you have it to thread it mm-hmm. under and you have to have special little threaders to do it. Um, so it's a water flosser or water pick is, you know, fantastic um, for for people with braces because it gets all up under the brackets and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and it's good for implants, um, good for people that have periodontal disease because you have deeper pockets and sometimes that floss can't actually, I mean, use it in conjunction with floss because it cleans the pockets out. You can sometimes put little medicated, you know, 
like Listerine or even, you know, something in the water just to kind of flush everything out and keep the bacteria out of there. So, so. these mm. ugh, pockets. Ooh. <laughs> you don't want pockets deep, are great on dresses. Want, not so much on pockets gum. in your mouth. Nah, you know? nah, they're good. Like, on, yeah. Pockets mm-hmm. are good on dresses, not so much on gums. All right, We're so good. you heard that the final word on the water pick. It's great, but it doesn't replace flossing, Ooh. and it's really good in certain instances where flossing is very difficult or maybe not ideal. So thanks yep. for your call, David. I'm loving the whole light. So so. I get that the water pick's like your thing at home, but can I just say that little thing that y'all use to like spray off the teeth when oh, we're I getting? Like it. I love it. It's too thing. cold. I love it. Yeah. I don't have sensitive Why are teeth, teeth though. I don't know. Yeah, I, I love that thing. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for the moment when it's myself. time to rinse. I'm like, yes, here it comes. <laughs> I love it. And spray them off. Yep. Get all that little gritty toothpaste out of there. Yep. I like that grit. See, so, yeah, the, the grits. It's not a thing for me. Are we on opposite sides of the texture line today? Who are I don't you? know what's going on. <laughs> I don't even know you anymore. I'm spa gum girl. Is who um, I am. Okay. I love that thing. Are you a, a water person or a gritty person? I mean, I don't know. I guess we could ask that. But anyway, <laughs> I got a question. All right, Doctor Owens has a question. I want to know. So I'm I am obsessed with this with fluoride. I'm That's obsessed. an interesting thing to be obsessed with. I am obsessed with fluoride. Okay. Um, and this and this actually was confessions. More, I, well, you know, so so the dental pendulum has kind of swung back and forth, right? Um, but when I was a kid, we used to get, they would actually do the whole, we got like a whole fluoride yeah, painting paint it thing. On. Yeah, they paint it on. I get that mm-hmm. now. The we yeah. got the fluoride paint Like in the trays. Thing. Oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. And so then, then they said, well, we don't do that anymore. So it kind of, I think, maybe fell out of flavor. At f- favor, you can't flavor. talk today. I know. So it kind of fell out of favor, and then, um, and then it was like, well, we put fluoride in water, and so this is great. But now people drink water out of bottles, and so I was just wondering because I found when my I was concerned when my children were small um, that they were not drinking water out at the tap. They were drinking water from bottles. And so I was like, what does that mean for their teeth? Is this a problem? Like, where are they getting their fluoride and blah, 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 because they couldn't use adult toothpaste at that time. They were, cause they might swallow it and poison themselves or something. But, um, so I was like, what are we, so how are they getting their fluoride? And so I found these little bottled waters that were, they had fluoride in them. Um, but they are not easy to find and they're not readily available. Like I had to seek them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so what's the deal with fluoride now? Fluoride, friend or foe? Well, fluoride's great. I mean, it. You know, in my opinion, I I do fluoride applications on you know all the children whose parents agree to it. Um, now, the topical fluoride, which now we have fluoride varnish, which is more long lasting. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a kid, it was either a rinse that you went in the bathroom at school and rinse for a minute and. You know, and then at the dentist, you've had these big trays with this big foam and all that kind of stuff, and everybody hated that too. Um, but now we have varnish, so it's like almost just a little paint that you paint on the teeth, and it just adheres to the teeth. It almost is like tree sap, mm-hmm. um, and it stays on the teeth for a long time. Gets down in the grooves. You know, it's hard. You know how you say you couldn't eat or drink. You know, for thirty minutes and all that. Well, with this, it it's more it, like it adheres to the teeth better. So. 
when you have that noncompliance, which you always do with the kid, because when they leave the dentist, they immediately go and I'm thirsty. Yeah. Well, the kids, <laughs> or they kids. want the sucker that they got on the <laughs> that way they out. They got. They want yeah, bite into it as soon as they leave. The sugar-free sucker. Yeah. I hope. Yes, of um, course. But anyway, so fluoride is great. Um, you know. As long as it's not swallowed, um, you know, in high amounts. Now, the fluoride that comes in the water that you drink, that is more systemic. So, you know, that is like we're growing children, you know, when the teeth are developing, that kind of stuff. Then it helps keep the teeth strong in that manner. So, you know, with young kids, that's the most important thing is to try it when they're young so that when their teeth are developing, they're getting the fluoride systemically and then once you're our age you know topical fluoride is fun <laughs> i'm not yeah, still developing i just it's but it's the strangest thing because um so one of the things that i've kind of been interested in lately is just kind of environmental issues and and just kind of thinking about the the world that we live in now and um and what we are leaving behind us and trying to be a little bit more environmentally conscious and so there's a point. Um, and there are lots of places in this country where people don't have the best water sources and water systems. Oh, we have issues locally even, yeah. So, I mean, it's so a, in, yeah. That, yeah, that was kind of the point um, <laughs> that I was trying to, like, talk in general. Because it's, it's an issue here. But, like, you hear about, like, Flint, Michigan right now. Right? Sure. It's like, oh, my gosh, the water. And I'm like, oh, well, there, like, there are issues with water here in Mississippi right. that may not have gotten the press that Flint, Michigan gets. But if you look at the issues that they have with water, um, they're very similar, right? And it's not just there or here, but it's kind of across the country. And so it, it really bothered me um, more so once I had children, because it was something that I was focused on then, this concept about just being able to get water from the tap and drink it because people fortified this to be able to provide that systemically and now you're being for, told not to drink for it for another right? issue or for other safety it's like so yeah get your fluoride but you can't really filter out the lid so what are we doing about that part and so um so that is an it's a challenge mm-hmm. and and we might not have a heightened sense of awareness about the significance of that and what it means but there are implications because there are things that people were doing putting in the water to, to make things better for us or to help make us healthier, kind of like with folate and grain. But then now we're not really taking it or we can't safely ingest it universally. And so how are we making that up and what kind of influence or impact is that having on us, you know, as a population? Well, I mean, it. I would think it would have a pretty significant one. Um, and I guess it's really to be determined because the people who are ingesting non-fluoridated water now we'll see what their teeth look like you know when they grow up you know when they get older so i mean just for an example i can just remember when i first started practicing in holmes county um i was from chula Uh, i grew up in the country like i said um out on a farm so we had well water so i didn't have fluoride in my water um but i can remember seeing children like i would have lexington kids and i'd have chula kids and I could, I was like, oh my gosh, the Chula kids, what, why are their teeth so bad? They didn't have fluoride in their water. And the Lexington did. So like we did, um, I remember sitting um, with a board meeting, you know, in Chula trying to get them to put 
you know, fluoride in the water just because, I mean, it makes a big difference. When I could see a child and not even know their address and say, are you from Chula? Oh, you wow. know, just so, because of so what do you see? So what? What just is more the, decay? I mean, just yeah, just not as strong. And how does mm-hmm. how does fluoride how does fluoride like help prevent decay? What is what does it do? Just makes the teeth stronger. Um, it there's you know, so it's like a workout for your teeth. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. It's like casting yes. for your bones. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like calcium for your bones is so fluoride to your teeth. Yeah, I mean it's a a mineral required for mm-hmm. tooth development. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. But some people are afraid of it because they know, you know, you, you know, you get warned when you're a parent, when your kids are really little, as Dr. Owens mentioned, you know, to use a certain kind of toothpaste mm-hmm. because kids tend to swallow toothpaste. And right. toothpaste has very high levels of fluoride, right? Exactly. Now, a lot so more it, than in the drinking water. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there are places in Texas that have high levels of fluoride mm-hmm. in the water. And then those kids' teeth have like all the little splotchy stuff that you see on people's oh, teeth okay. that's from dr- having too much fluoride so there are bad things you know i yeah. mean it's not so it has to be in moderation like yes. you kind of got to hit the sweet spot you can't mm-hmm. have too much of it or too little you need it it needs to be like baby bear just right it needs oh, to be just all right, right fluoride mm-hmm. spreading um, the good news of healthy teeth of dental hygiene wonderful. I have a question about uh, health uh, of gums. So we talk about teeth a lot. So gums are also important. You know, you see sometimes people have like gums that swell or gums that bleed or red gums. What are some things that people need to look for uh, in addition to the ones that I, that I just mentioned? And what, what does that mean when you see those signs in your own mouth? Well, you know, there's um, inflammation of the gums can be, you know, lots of different things. You could eat popcorn the wrong way mm-hmm. and the little husk gets stuck oh in there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that, and it always, it yes, that is a whole thing. So, you know, that's not that big of a deal. Usually you can get that out of there yourself and you'll be okay. Um, but then of course there's gingivitis. Um, that's the beginnings of gum disease. That's just when you go for a while, um, either not taking good care of your teeth, not taking good care of your gums. Maybe you haven't been to the dentist in a while. You have a lot of charter buildup. Um, the hard stuff that, you know, develops on your teeth, on usually the backsides of them. Um, then, of course, there's full-blown periodontal disease. Um, that's actually where you lose bone around your teeth. So this, the things, the bone that holds your teeth in your head, um, bacteria from unhealthy gums can destroy that bone. The teeth start getting loose. Um, that's when you have those deep pockets. Um, that's what the pockets are about. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have um, pockets around your teeth, you're unable to clean that. Then it just becomes, you know, a snowball effect. You just get things get worse and worse if you're if you don't tend to them. So definitely, if you have bleeding, I mean, everybody's gums are going to bleed from time to time. Sure. Um, that's and you know, pregnant women, you know, that's oh, um, yeah, that's a thing, ladies. Yes, mm-hmm. um, you know, your gums usually are just you know the hormones just kind of cause some bleeding gums cause some inflammation um and then but you know you just you want to make sure that you don't have a lot of times foul odor comes with that um with gum disease um gingivitis gum disease so um just watch for things like that and halitosis yes halitosis all right gums are important too guys we are now going to talk to renee who's calling from utica hi renee what's your question 
Yes, I would like to know why does uh, uh, do our bottom teeth get out of line and the top teeth stay intact? And I'll take the ants offline. Thank you. Well, a lot of times it's it's just jaw discrepancy, and sometimes it's just you know the lower jaw fits inside the upper jaw. Um, sometimes over time, too, as you your bite collapses a little bit, you just you sometimes lose some you know space. Um, most a lot of people um, have their lower front teeth are not perfectly straight. It's mm-hmm. just unless you've had, and even if you have had ortho, because you didn't wear your retainer, right? Sure. <laughs> sure. So um, it's not really a reason that it happens. Um, it's just kind of one of those one of those things. Because your teeth really do over time recede, they kinda, mm-hmm, right? They mm-hmm. get shorter. Yes, well, I mean, just wear. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there a so natural progression or a change of your that occurs with your gums as well? Like, are 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 gums typically do are they more static if they're well taken care of that they kind of stay the same? Well, most most people are gonna have recession over time. Um, most people's habits of brushing. Um, some people get a little crazy. They use their yeah. biceps a little much when they brush their teeth, and so then <laughs> then they have um, recession. So you know, people get long in the tooth. I'm sure that's a saying people have mm-hmm. heard, and a lot of that is just from recession. So you have root exposure um, that can cause some sensitivity too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's just something kind of it's usually due to habits also clenching and grinding your teeth can actually cause you know um abfraction which is like areas at your gum line that almost like little indentations around your gum line and that's from clenching and grinding clenching and grinding also shortens your teeth because you're just wearing Wearing them away. away Sure. So it's like that's rocks. Exactly. So <laughs> it, it's a that's not something, you know, it can cause a lot of jaw pain and headaches and cracked teeth. There's, you know, so that is something too. You may think you have perfect teeth, but um, that's something too that needs to be addressed when you see a dentist is whether you're a clincher, grinder, or bruxer. Can you uh, unlock the mystery of the toothbrush? Like, do you, what, is there really a magic to bristle size and then like, Softness. Whether it's soft, well, that's what I was gonna say. So mm-hmm. not just not just size, but like whether it's soft, medium, or or the firm. Yeah, because like, why do they even make toothbrushes that aren't I soft? Don't know. Who to scrub like, your towel with? I guess right. I don't know. You should only use soft bristle <laughs> like soft. toothbrushes, right? Who buys soft. who buys the rock pillow? Like I mean, I think it's kind of like some people might like it a little firmer, but I just think people Those are need to, to know the battery that. acid off your right. battery. Exactly. <laughs> I, I just have not really understood that. And I thought that somehow they needed to be firmer and the soft was... More is not better. Well, I thought soft was for people who had like gum disease or something wrong. And so you needed softer bristles because, of course, if the goal is to clean them, that they need to be... And All my right. dentist Dr. was Tudor, like... center straight. My dentist was like, uh, soft. no, ma'am. Soft only. Always. Always, Always soft. soft. So all of you firm bristle folks out there, you heard it Throw them here. in the trash. Yeah, soft no, bristles. No, use them to clean your towel. There or you your battery acid. Put them in your... Put them in your... Scrub your base. Boards. Put them in your uh, cleaning kit. We're going right. to go back to the phone lines and talk to Katie, who's calling us from Byram. Hi, Katie. Hi. How are you? Fantastic. I may, okay. I may have tuned in late, but uh, have you spoken about osteoporosis, osteoporosis or osteopenia as it relates to teeth? 
No, we I'll, have not. I'll take my answer off the air. If you just give me some information about that, please. Ooh, so for our folks who have osteoporosis or osteopenia, which is a bone disease um, where you kind of lose the the calcium and the the density density mm-hmm. of your bone, um, how does that impact your your mouth? Well, your teeth are not really affected, um, but your you know obviously the bone that holds your teeth in can be. Um, So, I mean, that's the main thing. You look more like for gum disease, things like that. If you have gum disease already and then you do have osteopenia or osteoporosis, then that can have an effect on, you know, the longevity of, you know, your your teeth. Um, And also, too, you know, if you're on some of the medications Mm -hmm. that you take um, for osteoporosis or osteopenia, we have to be really careful if we have to do pretty intense dental work just because of problems that can occur after having a tooth taken out um, if you are on some of the bisphosphonate drugs. So, so those are those injections that people can get mm-hmm. or exactly. oral medications that you right. need to take once a month. And what is the issue after uh, getting a tooth pulled with those? Well, you can have like the bone pretty much just dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have little shards of bone that tend to come out um just long healing long healing makes it harder yeah so definitely make sure you tell your dentist all your medications that you're taking well yeah and i think that's a that's like a really um i think important point but the other thing is that a lot of people who like one of the more common causes of osteopenia and osteoporosis is associated with just longevity like that's one of the rewards of living a long life um and so you also have to take into consideration that the majority of or a lot of people who are who have osteoporosis or osteopenia tend to be more mature folks and so they're also just going to have the additional challenge of just the regular aging process as well man all right staying on the phone lines we're going to talk to rion who's calling us from summit hi rion hello how you doing fantastic what how are you doing I'm doing great. I'm on vacation, enjoying my last uh, few days off before Monday come back around. <laughs> oh, we're so glad you chose to spend some of your vacation with us. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks. I, I listen to 88.9 all day long. Oh, <laughs> we love it. So what's your question? Uh, my question is, uh, I got four cool questions. Uh, one of the ladies uh, that gave an answer about the teeth, um, uh, um, getting the bottom, the bottom jaw teeth getting crooked. And you, you kind of uh, gave an answer with that. So I'm going to jump down to that one. My thing is, once I hit 40, I go to my dentist yearly, not twice uh, to get my teeth cleaned. But once I hit 40, I started having to get a tooth pulled, like, every year. I just turned 45. I hadn't been to my, my cleaning just yet. So once I hit 40, I started having to get a tooth pulled every year. Is it, like, right, I have I have all my wisdom teeth. I'm 45. And I've learned a lot as far as how dangerous it is when you have wisdom teeth removed. Is there a particular age that you need to have the wisdom teeth pulled out or or long as they're not giving you any problems? And uh, the first sign of decay, I can look on some of my teeth and I see like small uh, spots of decay. Not, not big, but little bitty spots. Like I said, I just hit 45. And then my last question is um, my bottom teeth. The front two teeth are steadily growing like like rat teeth. And um, my dentist, he shaved it and filed it down last year just a little bit. But is that normal for teeth to continue to grow like that? 
I love all your questions, Rian. You got it going on in your mouth. Okay, so the first question was, once he turned 40, he started having to have teeth pulled. Is that normal? Is that something that should be happening, Dr. Tudor? I think I know the answer. That should not be happening. Um, I mean, sometimes, you know, it seems like everything kind of happens at one time. Um, But generally, there's no, I mean, I have 80-year-olds who have all of their teeth. Um, So it's, you know, probably a good start would be maybe go to the dentist every six months so we could, like, stay on top of things happening. Because if you're more prone to decay or problems, then it's usually better to have those things kind of checked out on a more routine basis just rather than, you know, waiting. So um, that's, you know, that's what I think about that. I think um, something's evidently happening to where the, right. the tooth is not salvageable. Exactly. So perhaps so needs a little more just close closer care. watch. Yeah. I mean, so, we have some people who come get their teeth checked and cleaned every three months oh, wow. just because they're more prone to gum disease. I mean, it's just like some people are more prone to high blood pressure. You know, it's just when you have tendencies to have a certain type of illness or disease then you gotta see the mm-hmm. professional more often so maybe well, it sounds like Rian's really bothered by the fact that like life look i i i hear you Rian. like everything's great until 40 and then it kind of starts look it starts going downhill or so i've heard i'm, oh, I'm anxiously right. waiting to see when that happens but no seriously i i could see that being a cause for the concern you're going and things are good and then all of a sudden Happy 40th birthday, and then next thing you know, I mean, at this rate, he's not going to have like Rion, two go, thirds of go his twice teeth a year so like, you can keep those teeth. Yeah, buddy. All right, the next question was about wisdom teeth. Is there an age where you need to have them removed? Rian has all his wisdom teeth. I have all mine. Is that okay? Absolutely. I have none. Mine either. came out a long time ago. They so were it's not okay friendly. not to have them it's pulled. It's okay not to have them pulled. Um, it's just, it, that's totally something that. The dentist and the patient need to, you know, discuss um, if you have your wisdom teeth, if they are erupted and you can clean them and they don't get decay and they're not bothering you. It's just like having a front tooth. There's no reason to take it out. It's not doing anything right. to anybody. <laughs> so we don't want to we don't want to take it out. Um, and then, you know, two, there are definite instances when you need to take. They are impinging on another tooth, causing another tooth to get a cavity, which that can happen. They can, you know, wisdom teeth are prone to grow in kind of crooked and sideways and push up against another tooth. Um when that happens, sometimes that can cause decay on the teeth right in front of wisdom teeth. So, you know, if we see that happening, then we recommend, mm-hmm. even if you're not having trouble, then at that point, you know, yeah, get them out of there before they cause more Okay, trouble. and then my, my favorite question that Rian had, he, he likened himself to a rodent, that his teeth were growing out of control. Dr. Tudor, what is happening to this man? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, well, there's a couple of things. You can have super eruption of teeth, and um, that's just when your teeth are not touching something in the opposing arch so like if you have a bottom tooth that doesn't not i mean you can have the teeth but the teeth do not touch Mm -hmm. so some people have what we call an open bite so your teeth aren't like approximating each other and so then those teeth don't have anything to meet teeth absolutely right stay where they are (laughs) um because of your bite so if you don't have opposing teeth then those teeth will continue to erupt so they're not really growing they're just coming up out of 
the gums. So there's more less bone actually holding the teeth in. So that can eventually lead, lead to loss of that tooth. So um, sounds like orthodontic treatment maybe is the answer for those folks. Sometimes, huh? yeah. Okay, okay. Well, that was, that was perfectly great, and um, and you answered everything that I needed, and that was the reason why I had to have one of the tooth pulled because one of the wisdom mm-hmm. teeth was pushing up against the tooth, but mostly like where the teeth that broke, they broke on the edge, so he was not uh, able to like fill them, mm. or or he don't do crowns anymore, so it was you know just better to, to have them pull out and i use this product called uh refill it it's like you y'all you know what that is just it's like a you could uh you could buy it at walgreens and stick it in in a hole in your tooth yep and that that's has that has saved me from having the other tooth pulled because it's just a matter of time whenever <laughs> I'm going to have to have it pulled. Well, you need to go to the dentist. You need to get... <laughs> because just because your dentist that you like to go to doesn't do crowns, you could be referred, right? right? Exactly. And, and get a crown or some maybe some less severe or treatment than a tooth pulling. That's right. not always... Dr. That's Tudor, not is that always the answer. Second that, opinions I mean, are always a good thing. Exactly. If you don't feel comfortable, um, and I tell people all the time, like, this is my opinion, and there are lots of other ones out there. It doesn't mean that mine is correct um, for you. You know, each mm-hmm. person, each patient and doctor need to make decisions together. Um, it's not, you know, it's not the doctor's decision 100%. It's not the patient's. I mean, ultimately, it is the patient's decision, but, you know, you rely on your doctor's input. But sometimes it's nice to have two. There you go. Absolutely. Thank you for your call, Rian. And Dr. Tudor, thank you for coming in today. Absolutely. And talking about teeth. You know, doctors, we can be kind of weird about teeth. We don't learn. You know, the people start talking about what number the tooth is. We get all flustered. You know, Dude, it's another yeah. language. So it's great to have someone who's an expert in this area on the show today. Thanks. I've enjoyed it. <laughs> and congrats <laughs> on your new practice. Thanks. Today's Southern Remedy for Women was produced and engineered by Jay White. Our call screener was Liz Gill. Join us next week for Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. Y'all be safe, be kind, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to this MPB Think Radio podcast. MPB depends on support from listeners, so if you can, please contribute today at mpbonline.org.